Hey folks, it's Dylan with Eat Well Podcast. Welcome to, uh, I think this is our 11th uh, podcast, maybe 12th. Anyways, this is a fun one. Um, every year is part of the Eat Wild uh, program where we're sort of running workshops and teaching folks to teaching folks how to hunt. Um, we have our annual First Buck Banquet, and this is an event where we invite any of the folks that have been through our classes or workshops that had their first harvest to come and join us around the dinner table and celebrate uh, celebrate their first harvests with a group of supportive, supportive folks and we ask everybody to bring a little bit of their harvest uh, and uh, we share it around a long table dinner and then after dinner we share the story of how the their first hunt first successful hunt uh, came to be so th- this year is kind of neat though because um, we had uh, four or five new hunters around the table that had success and and uh which is great to see the diversity um i think it was uh three women and a couple guys and everybody from a different uh ethnic background so um really cool to see the diversity of, of the new hunters that are that are coming forward from from vancouver and, and nearby here so anyways it's uh i want you to join us and uh hear a few stories from around the dinner table and uh yeah hope you get a kick out of it here we go Welcome to the uh, fifth annual First Buck Banquet. As I open a beer, uh, so so we've done this every year, and it's been a lot of fun because we, we get to, it's an opportunity for for you guys who are new hunters to tell your story of your first harvest and uh, and kind of celebrate that in a in a really positive, supportive environment. Um, you guys, because you're sort of the new urban hunters, you may not be able to show up to the office and be like, "Oh my God, I shot my first buck, and this is how it all went down." and you may not have quite the same audience. So this audience is really understanding of what, you, what you've accomplished. And a lot of you who, who I know have, well, particularly Maya and actually Mimi as well. Like I've, I've known you guys for a while now and watched you on your journey to find your way to having your first successful har- harvest. So it's really cool that, um, that we're all hanging out here and you guys have a story to tell. And I'm really eager to hear it. So, um, so we get to do that. Um, now, does anybody want to go first and tell their story? <laughs> You guys want me to tell tell my first moose story? Mm-hmm. Let's kick it off. All right, <laughs> I can do that. Warm it, up. Warm it up for you guys. Okay, so I think I maybe like. Hey, so my dad, you guys who, who knew my dad, or, or well, you've heard me talk about my dad, but he's a he's a, he was an avid moose hunter. That was his program. He uh, he he we we hunted moose in the same sort of river valley. Actually, my grandfather hunted there just post war until he passed away in the 80s and and my dad took on hunting in that valley and then I took on hunting in the same valley so it's been a kind of tradition for us to to hunt this area and and how we used to hunt it is we would uh, spend one day uh, driving the the main logging roads and 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 trying to spot moose and the open clear cuts and and then we spend the next day uh, in the boat and we drift down the, the river and 
you can only maybe suffer through the cold and torment and boredom of floating the river for about a day and then you'd be excited to get back in the truck where it's warm and you'd like um, actually you know listen to the radio or something like that while you pass the day waiting for some poor moose who's down on his luck to hopefully step out on the road or on the riverbank in front of you right (laughs) so anyways I was sort of tormented by moose hunting and I recall this one day we were we were on our way down the river and we're meandering, it's a slow meandering river and nothing happens too fast in this river so there's lots of time to, to think and, and of course there's there's very little moose sign and even fewer moose of course showing themselves on this trip so it's getting somewhat, um, uh, it's getting pretty darn boring and we come around a river, a river, a river, bed, a river bank and there's these muddy banks and on this one there's a, actually a relatively fresh set of tracks going up the mud bank uh, up into the up into the thick willow uh, of the of the floodplain, and and I and I was and I and I told my dad I said pull, pull 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 bring the boat over to the shore and I'll I'll go out and I'll see where these tracks go, and one of the rules of moose hunting in this particular valley valley is like don't get out of the boat, and the second rule is 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 see rule number one don't get out of the boat. Because mm-hmm. you, you get so bored that you think, oh, I should get out of the boat and try and do something to enhance the possibility of possibly seeing a moose. But when you step out of the boat, you step into this like impenetrable willow that you can't see 10 feet in front of you. So anyways, but I, by now I've, I've suffered for such boredom that I've been ignoring rule one and two. And I get out of the boat. And my dad's like happy to like let me torture myself. He's like, by all means, like if you want to go crash around in the willows, by all means, go ahead. So so he so so he pulls over. We, we nose into the bank, and I go, I go crawl. I go walk into the. Uh, I follow the set of tracks into the, into the willow. And sure enough, like the first like five or six steps is kind of possible, like because the beavers come and go enough that they maintain sort of uh, trails. Uh, and then and then after that, I just you hit this wall of willows. Well, I get like five steps into the bush, and all of a sudden I hear like this major crashing, and I can see willow moving. I'm like, oh dear, so I. I just did jump something, right? So I, oh, that's pretty exciting. Okay, so then I, like, in my head, I'm like, well, what do you do next? And I, I kind of chase after this this, <laughs> this movement, but it all it does, I get, it gets thicker and thicker and thicker. Well, I, I, I do see above me that there is a tree that it's about maybe like 40 yards from me. So I, I look at where the tree is and I, and, I, and I run sort of through the willows towards the tree and I bump into the tree and then I, and the tree is just like a, it's this cottonwood, but it just happens to have perfectly spaced like uh, branches on the tree. So you can, I can actually climb it relatively. So I sling my gun over my shoulder and I climb up this tree. And then I get over top of this like huge uh, flat, uh, willow flat. This just goes for, it's like many, many football fields as far as you can see. is be- beautiful uh, r- river flat, the floodplain, and it's just full of willow. And, and, uh, and so I, I sit standing up there. And I'm kind of like, oh, this is quite beautiful. Like it's a whole different scene because I've, all I've seen is like mud bank for like like eight days straight or something like that, right? So anyway, so I get up there and, and I and I had I, I, so I, I think I was like 18 at the time. I had didn't have a whole lot of thought about what I was actually supposed to do as far as moose hunting. But someone told me about a bull grunt. You can make this sound and go, rah, rah. and apparently moose make that sound. And and apparently that you know maybe they react to that. So so I knew there was a moose relatively close to me. So I thought, okay, I'll try this. So I just try this one grunt. What I got to lose? I grunt a couple times. And then like maybe 400, 500 meters across this flat, I see this yellow thing running on the tops of the willows. This is, and I think it's a cougar. 
And I, I, and I just had a cougar encounter the year before. It was it was up front and personal, like right. And uh, and so my, I guess like my my reaction at the time was, oh my god, it's a cougar running towards me. It's gonna t- it's gonna come eat this bull moose that I am. And, I, and I, in my head, I was like, how, how is like? And I, I thought about, I was like, kind of processing, how is this like? How is this um, cougar running on the tops of these little willow branches? Like, it just didn't make sense. It's like that doesn't make sense. And then so I, I put up my binoculars and I looked at my binoculars and it's, oh, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a cougar. It's a great big moose paddle. It's a big yellow moose paddle picking up the light, and it's just and it's and it's walking towards me. And and then I see another big yellow moose paddle. And it's going and and it's and it's rolling back and forth uh, on top of the willows. It's all I can see. I can't see any moose. Eh? All I see is moose antler. And then I can hear him. He's going, ooh, 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 ooh. and it's coming right towards me. Right? Oh, this is, this is working out pretty good. And then I'm like, oh shit, I gotta shoot this thing. Right? I'm in a tree. Right? Like I like I like I'm not at all organized. I'm like, how am I gonna figure this out? So I. Able to sort of sit on, stand on one branch and kind of get my gun off, and I got a kind of a good lean on the tree and another branch to sort of lay over. So it's all looking pretty good. Well, this moose comes into within about a hundred yards, but I still can't see any moose. All I see is antlers, right? <laughs> and like all, like because it's so tall, the willow that it's just covering up all the moose, right? Well, the moose comes straight towards me, and then he does this thing where he stops about eighty yards from me, and he starts to do a circle, and he's in a circle around me, and and I can remember my grandfather telling me. That moose will come to a call, but then they'll always do this long, like uh, path, this take this long path and go right around you and try to get your wind. Mm-hmm. So I figured out, okay, because he's exactly what okay, Grandpa said. He's gonna do this loop around me and he's gonna come around behind me. <clears throat> okay, shit. So as he's doing this circle around me at about 80 yards away, he's gonna get closer and closer to my wind. I think, well, if I'm gonna do something, I better do something right now. So I go, okay, I know what a moose looks like. It's got antlers, it's got a head. So if I just measure down from its head, there's an antler, base of his antlers, and I go down a little bit, his neck's probably about there. Kaboom! Antlers disappear. Fantastic. And then, <laughs> so I mean, this has worked out pretty good. So okay, I'm still pretty excited. But so then, my, of course, as soon as I shoot, my, I, I hear the radio squawk, and it's my dad, like, kind of in a half panic, half excitement, like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I'm like, I, I just shot a moose. I just shot a moose. He just went down. And then I see two paddles standing above the... <laughs> I, hold on a second, Dad. Boom. Disappears again. Oh, all right. I think I got him that time. Anyway, so... Anyways, and then... So then we had this other sort of... Stuff. So anyways, this is all very exciting. My dad was excited. We, I stood there for... I hung out there for another half an hour watching. Moose didn't get back up again. So pretty sure I got a dead moose, right? But now I've got the problem of like, like he's just he's like 100 meters or 80 meters out from me in the middle willow flat. My dad's like like maybe 80 meters over 100 meters over this way on the cross the willow, like, and I'm not really smart enough to like really kind of like I can't triangulate. It was before I had a GPS, like it was just like generally over there, right? So I had to get my poor father to kind of come in, and I had kind of I sort of spotted it where I thought it was, and my poor dad had to like come in and kind of like. <laughs> bash to the willows for like hours and like I, I just knew my dad was like is there's no freaking moose there like the kid is seeing things like there's no goddamn moose in this country i'm sure of it and the chances of him climbing a fucking tree and shooting a moose is pretty much zero he's like he's making sure he's getting he's getting back at me for something i don't know what anyway so i'm trying to grab yelling and he's going back yeah around right there yeah around right there and it just goes on for quite a while and all of a sudden i hear him just whoop 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 you got a moose you got a moose like, 
So I climbed down the tree and I run in and big hugs and high fives. And, yeah, it was, it was this beautiful moose. Anyways, anyways, that's the, the first moose story. So well, wow. yeah. Anyways, yeah. wow, that was a great story. Yeah. All right, Maya, you're up. Do you still have that rack? It's yeah. It's 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 on the island. Yeah, um, it's sort of living in somebody else's house right now. But nice. <laughs> Uh, I'm so excited to be here, obviously, as you know. Um, it's, uh, I got my first buck last October. Um, um, I think, so, part of the backstory I think is important, because like, I, I took your first class in 2011 with Eat Wild, and uh, I always preface it that that's not a ringing endorsement for your course because it took me six years um, to get my first buck but um, it was uh, but I've done different things in between there I had a a kid and we did some hunting but not a ton Um, and uh, so last year and then we've tried different things right so I've like trying to figure out what what where I should go and when and and so the year before last we went to I was like, okay, Dylan always says, like, you got to go there on, because we were always going in for Thanksgiving, and uh, that's too late, right? It's it's already nine days into the season. So last, the year before last, we went, um, like Dylan said, opening season. So we went for opening season of Whitetail, which we were intending to do um, mule, because they're a little bit easier to get. Um, but so we went for Whitetail two, two years ago, in like the blistering heat. Oh. It was September. We were in our, like I have vivid memories of, we were in with May and Shelly. Mm-hmm. Had spent the like mornings hunting. Like we ended up at like in a Soyuz, in our like full camo gear, full sweat. Cause it was so hot. And we like, anyway, it was a bust. We didn't get anything. We're like, okay, <laughs> opening season was a bust for us. <laughs> and then the, last year. So finally we're like, I was like, okay, Dylan says, our, our region. This could, this could be oh, broadcast. Uh, sorry. Um, anyway, so the area I'll that I've that always been avoiding, for, I've been avoiding for whatever reason, I finally was like, I'm going to be there on opening day. So we, and I want to camp. So this year we camped um, for the first year before we've always kind of traveled to and then hunted. So this year we camped and um, we were there for opening season and uh, for, for day one. And uh, we saw, I saw one buck in the first few days, um, nothing that I could shoot. Um, and we all, kind of a few of us that were together, a few people had to go and head home and we stayed on. Um, so now we're creeping into, we, I had dedicated to two weeks this year as well, this, this past year for the, for the first time. Um, because normally I'd sort of like long weekends trying to cram it all in. So um, now we're creeping into like day six or six of October and we were creeping into the long weekend, which I was like, we're done, that's it. Now it's the pressure's on, there's gonna be all sorts of extra hunting pressure on the in the area um, like usual. Um, so I was feeling pretty disappointed and kind of gutted. I was like, this was going to be my year. Um, I went early, I camped, I did everything right. Um, and, uh, nothing. Um, and then we had a bit of, um, chaos. We had our truck broken into, so we had to deal with that. Um, and, but 
so then um, we find I finally on on one day um, decided to go up on my own. We had been together a lot of the trip. We were up with my friend Shelley um, and our, a few other friends, and we'd all sort of been hunting together in, in the same region. And this particular day, um, I finally was like, okay, I'm gonna go out for for an evening hunt, um, and went up and in and was kind of found my spot and was um, glassing the area and didn't I was sort of at that point it was getting late so I decided I was just going to figure out my spot for the morning for the next day mm. um, so I figured out my spot and was sort of planning my my morning the next day and um, had sort of packed myself up for the evening um, it was still pre there was still enough light um, but I started to walk home anyway and uh, uh, was walking back and came upon um, stumbled literally upon like a group of maybe 12 doe wow. and my buck and it was uh, happened to be a um, a non-typical so the his one antler was kind of facing the other way um, and I had heard other hunters that this whole week we were up there, a bunch of people had seen it. And everyone, like when you're passing them and, you know, in, on your hike, they're like, did you see the non-typical? No, I don't know. <laughs> I hadn't seen it um, yet. And so I saw it. And because one antler was poking right up and the other one was sort of sideways, I, I didn't know. And then he was surrounded by a doe. I didn't know if I was seeing what I was seeing. And it was the adrenaline. Like This is the first time in six years that I'd ever had an actual opportunity. opportunity. I've never had a, um, anything close enough that I could shoot. Um, so like the adrenaline was pumping. I was, okay, I'm like, okay, uh, range finder. <laughs> so I pulled up my range finder. I'm like, cause I'm terrified of injuring an animal, yeah, right? And um, I really was nervous about that. And so, and he was just standing, he was like, couldn't have been a more perfect he was like broadside against a like um like he was against the mountain um like everything was clear around like it was like the perfect shot he ended up being like 65 yards away I'm like okay I can do that I can do that okay we're cool 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 and, uh, and then so then I like got into my position and and took my first shot and he kind of jumped up and fell down and then because I'm so was so anxious about not injuring him, he 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 jumped up again, like he stood up again. I'm like, I'm gonna take another shot. I, I just want to make sure he's, um, I've got him. So I took a, a second shot, and uh, he was definitely down. I'm pretty sure I got him with the first shot, but I just really wanted to be course, sure. Yeah. And uh, and that was that was my guy, yeah. Um, so then called these guys Shelly was babysitting um <laughs> taking care of uh my daughter back at home at the ranch and uh um got a bit of help gutting I, I pulled out all my paperwork I had like we have photocopies of like how to gut a deer and um so we, we pulled, didn't have the eat wild app I did not have it at that point Dylan I, oh, I have it now I do have it now time, yes yeah. so I did old school I was like I have blood all over these like photocopied sheets of how to how to cut it gut a deer and um yeah don't was, forget to everyone how you got the deer home 
in a wheelbarrow. Uh, we did. Well, it was dark because we got. I got. I got. I harvested him like just bef- like about six fifteen. Um, so I had about like. 45 minutes of daylight left. We had to really. load all the gutting gear up into the wheelbarrow. Come yeah, on. we had to gut them in with a headlamp and mm. all that. And um, and then, yeah, we took them home in, in a wheelbarrow. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do it works? It did, yeah. And, yeah, super exciting. So we um, enjoying kind of that meat. Um, Thomas also got one this year, so... And we were able to share it with lots of people, and it's been really, um, yeah, I was I was really excited to finally, finally be able to harvest one. So, how many weeks are you dedicating this year to your hunting season? Yeah, well, I've already <laughs> booked my vacation, so I have from with work. Yeah, um, def. I mean that that's the thing. It, well, the thing I loved most about this experience was we stayed in one spot mm-hmm. and learned. I felt so confident by day six. Yeah. Of my knowledge of where the deer were going even though they were all doe that i was seeing but but even like it was just a really cool when you finally reach um like when you're learning a new skill that point where you actually have achieved like that comfort of and confidence of knowing what you're doing um that this was the first year that that happened for me because before we were always I was traveling all over the place, mm, yeah. trying to like, I was like, I'm gonna go over here and try hunting over here in this brand new spot that I know nothing about. Yeah, and you expect something to happen. Like yeah. You expect like, oh, I'm just gonna show up there and it's all gonna come together. Yeah, exactly. But, the rea- but as, as, like, as, you, as you learn, like just the more you learn one spot, the yeah. more you figure it out, and, <clears throat> no. the, and the more success you have. That was such year. a cool feeling yeah, right this on. year. It was really, like we spent, well, it took me seven days for this, that trip, to, but seven days in the same spot like doing the same ridges over and over and over and watching and looking and and learning where the deer were traveling and understanding their paths and yeah and yeah. that was such a cool feeling for sure well yeah Demaya's buck yeah <laughs> cheers. cheers 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 <laughs> so david the mic is pointing at you all right we'll see it so last year i decided to get into hunting and uh, took Dylan's course in May. May. After that, I was like so obsessed with research, reading books, listening to podcasts, you know, researching all sorts of gear, spending all sorts of money. <clears throat> and unfortunately, I didn't actually have any hunting buddies. So I was like talking to everybody at work and trying to find somebody to cling on to. Um, <laughs> And I eventually, like, found a guy on uh, Hunting BC, and you know he was a first-time hunter too. And uh, we're like, "Okay, let's go do this." And uh, during the season, I went out, say, four times before this this trip, and going out with my family, going out with other people, and not really, no success, not really seeing much. So by that time, I was like, "Eh, probably not going to get anything this year." First, first time hunter, so, you know, it's to be expected. Um, so I went on this trip with this guy and uh, went to the restaurant in Merritt, pulled out the computer, did some Googling, tried to find a spot to camp and do hunting the next day. Found a hill that we thought would be good to climb up and try to s- scope around, class around. So we went out camped, woke up, 
in the morning and before sunrise. And uh, we started hiking up. And uh, this guy's like 10 years younger than me. He like, uh, you know, does sports all the time. And I'm just like having this hard time keeping up with him, right? And I'm just like, I'm gonna fall over here. <laughs> I'm just like, when's this, when's this hill gonna end? Right? And then finally, like, we get to close to the top. And he's like, yeah, how about you plant yourself here? I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes you, you go, you go. Good. I'm like, just like, just wanna fall over, right? And, uh, you know, getting my stuff off, getting my binoculars set up. And he's taken off to go higher up on the further down the ridge. And uh, and then I started hearing like crunch, crunch of snow, right? Crunch, crunch. And it's getting louder. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, why is he coming back? I thought, mm-hmm. I thought he was supposed to keep going. And uh, it gets louder and louder. And I turn over and then I see like there's this deer like 20 yards away, like a buck. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I just start scrambling, right? Let me see. <laughs> Scrambling, trying to get my gun, making too much noise, and then the deer starts taking off. I'm like, oh my god, I just lost it. So I start text my buddy and like, I just saw a buck. I'm gonna chase after it. So I leave leave my gear, take all of my, oh no. <laughs> just take my gun and my binoculars, whatever. And then I start going in the direction where the deer was was headed, but he was like long gone. So I go in that direction. I'm just going, going like. Ugh. This, that deer went so fast, I probably can't catch up to it. And next thing you know, I I saw a couple does down the hill. I was like, ooh, take all my binoculars. And then <laughs> and then I see a buck come out. I'm like, oh my god, get my gun out. And because you see, like, there's a couple trees, and he was further down the hill, and like all I could see was his body and his head, and it was in between the two trees, right? And I was like. This is it. I, I have to do this. And I was like, look at the horns, making sure there's enough uh, points on it. I was like, wow, that's a lot of horns. That's a lot of points. <laughs> and, uh, that's it. So I just had to, like, all the training I did before that, just to like practice with the gun and the breathing. It's like it just kind of clicked in that moment. So I was, it's kind of almost like unconscious, right? And just like, so yeah, popped it. And I fell over. Waited uh, 15, 20 minutes, you know, which was felt like a long time. Yeah. I just really wanted to see it. And uh, yeah, like the, there was like a fawn that came by and the, the does were kind of startled and they just kind of walked around and they weren't like really startled. They just kind of looked at the dead, dead uh, buck and uh, wandered off. And after that, we pulled him out, dragged him out from the hill and uh, few days later we we uh, butchered it on my kitchen table yes wow yeah nice. and then made sausages that same night oh my god till four in the morning and, uh, <laughs> that was a Passed nightmare out. that was a nightmare <laughs> yeah. I, like, I felt like I was drowning in meat <laughs> no. so was this technically your first day hunting this would have been uh, no it, well no it would have been like my fifth weekend okay good I love oh. that. Yeah. Five weekends. So it makes us feel better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it the same deer that, that, that no. startled you? So this no. was a different deer. Wow. Oh, really? You were in the zone then. That's yeah, I, th- I think so. Wow. 
<laughs> Went back a couple weekends later, but there's nothing, just a bunch of tracks. Yeah, right on. Well, great story. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 All right, the day was dear. All those points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to see a picture. So many points. Can we slide this in front of Mimi? Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a long time. <laughs> I have a similar story as well. I did uh, Dylan's course 2011 or, or something way, way back. Um, did my core uh, and then waited a little while. Then the field workshop field skills workshop never was really that comfortable always kind of just like a little a little bit in a little bit in (laughs) um and then so last year um i went out a couple of times with a friend um further into the interior sort of um just like kind of really casually weekend trips um and we'd spot them but uh, it was always like right before dawn, like you couldn't shoot them and then they'd be gone and then we'd no, have no opportunities. Um, and then uh, I saw online um, this uh, trip that was being organized for uh, Just Women Hunters called She Hunts. Um, and they were planning a trip out to Haida Gwaii where uh, the regulations are like pretty open, really friendly for um, newbies uh, and thought it would be a a really uh, supportive environment. So uh, this September, finally, after seven years, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Really? No, okay, six. Six, Six, sure, if you want to round it down, (laughs) give or take. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Finally got my little little dough from Haida Gwaii. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting actually because it was half uh, bow hunters and half uh, rifle hunters, and all of the bow hunters started picking up deer, like left, right, and center. Oh. Like they all got their first, yeah. And then all the rifle ladies were, were left, actually. Um, and we were all just very cautious about it or, or something. Like nobody wanted to take the first rifle shot for some oh. reason. Um, and then there's my epic sort of tromp through a cup block. And then there's the actual deer that we're eating tonight. <laughs> and I think my epic tromp through a cut block represents very much how I feel about my like adventures in hunting. Um, sort of prepared very but maybe chaotic like unintentionally humorous (laughs) where it's like i wasn't expecting to actually take a shot that day right so we were just kind of like walking around i didn't have any rain gear on in high (laughs) to i didn't have any rain gear on i just like thin layer of plaid and like a tank top um we're just like wandering around yeah i I looked good i looked so Look the part. <laughs> Starts pouring oh, rain, no. and I've got like my Timberlands on. It's not like I don't have like proper rain boots or anything either. <laughs> um, but one of the girls spots this like gorgeous deer, like um, up against sort of like a mountain as well, like um, or like a cliffside, maybe like two hundred yards away, like way further than I'm comfortable with, right? 
So that's why I'm like, I'm tromping through this like cup lock. And like, obviously I don't have my boots like laced up properly either. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like tromping and like my eyesight isn't good either. So I'm oh. wearing like my big glasses, but I've got the binoculars and like there's rain on everything. I'm like soaked to the bone. <laughs> my scope, there's like little like droplets and everything too. Like sight, there's no sight. Um, and then I'm like trying to like clamber over these <laughs> little piles of wood from <laughs> while not getting seen by the thing, right? Um, and then I end up like dropping into this weird like ditch thing. <laughs> <laughs> and all the ladies are super like they're all like kind of we're all in this group because we were like heading back to Canada and stuff and they're all in this group like being really supportive all like watching me as well like kind of I can feel them cheering me on silently um, but like I just like drop out of sight like into this ditch thing and there's like <laughs> I get my shoe stuck. I end up going like partway with like just my sock and there's like mud all over my sock. I have to like dig my boot out of this thing. And then keep like and then, Yeah. Yeah. And then end up like not taking the shot because there's just rain everywhere and it's like not but it was so perfect. It was it was ridiculous. The one, <laughs> Um, uh, the one that I actually did get was, um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the worm, yeah. The one that I actually did get was, like, off to the side, uh, right at the edge of the forest, sort of, um, and then, uh, shot from, like, a lay, like, kind of laying down on the side of, like, a logging, like, path, sort of. Um, and it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not as epic as that, but it was just <laughs> <laughs> were your boots tied up in the second story? <laughs> <laughs> she learns slowly. <laughs> <laughs> to me, he's dear. It was excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mimi. We, we, we had to rescue Mimi the first time we ever met her. She was coming to her Hunter Field Skills Workshop, and we get a call. It's like pretty much almost dark, and we're waiting for this one last person. And we get a call, and Erin answers the phone. And I can hear her giving this poor woman directions like, Oh, you just take the 4100 road, and then, like, I think somewhere you just you take a left or like another 3K down a different logging road, and then when you say, I'm like, no, no, and Dylan and I are like, no, Aaron, no, like, so Dylan and I pile in the truck and drive, like, an hour to 70 Mile House to pick Mimi up, and he leaves her car there, we drive her back to the ranch, she does a workshop where she learns basic things like how to chop wood, mm. and and it wasn't seven years ago, it was, like, four years ago, or something, like, it was not that long ago, so, I mean, you have really come a long way, I, I was... I was so happy to hear your story yeah. um, from the girls that you were on the trip with before yeah. I even heard it from you. So, well done. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm really proud of my wood chopping skills. Yeah, now. I'm sure you are. <laughs> I started now. there. Yeah. yeah, it was so because I remember as well, like being this urban, like you know, completely clueless. Uh, I remember before we like set off for that field workshop thing, you guys were like, "Don't use Google Maps. <laughs> Don't do it." 
just use like so what do i do like as i'm leaving the city obviously like put it into google maps and be like okay well (laughs) here we go (laughs) a few hours later like can you yeah Pick come, me get up, me. Yeah. come get me. Come get me. You're coming in from Calgary, right? Uh, Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So where's it from? It's from the other side. Yeah. 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 That we'll blame it on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming in from the other side. Is what it is. <laughs> the instructions were from Vancouver. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Exactly. Go to Vancouver and then back. No. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't even chop wood. Like just. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, so. Fun. Yeah, it's been it's surreal. It's great, but really cool. Yeah, it's great. You're here. You did it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna get easier and easier from now on. It's great. You, one would hope. Well, I will. Yeah. I will. It does. It just does. I mean, I, I really like Maya's. You know, just you learn something, right? And it took you seven days to figure it out. But next year you're gonna go in, and it's, it's gonna be like day seven when you get there. You're gonna be like, I know how this is gonna work. You wanna share? I think it just is oh God. right? Yeah. <laughs> Your bear story. It's a good story. Mm-hmm. One more story, and then we can we can call it a night. But I want to hear Jess's bear story. Last year, we plan our fourth annual hunting trip. <laughs> fourth annual huntless trip. Um. But it was a good time. Every time we go hunting, it's a great time. I mean, could we do a lot of hiking and, you know, we leave learning things, even though we didn't see an animal. It's a great trip. So we had hunted for a week. Uh, uh, we went on a rafting trip hunting for elk. Mm-hmm. Saw a couple of elk, had a close call. And, in the, and that year I got a tag for a black bear because I wanted the opportunity to to have that experience, to try the meat, to just to to try it out. Then a week went by, and there were no animals. So I decided, okay, I'm going to really dedicate this season to hunting. For the second week. We had planned to do some more hunting, but he went off to Spain. So I thought, okay, well, I don't really know so your anyone partner, else. Your hunting partner went to Spain? Yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> 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 but he was kind enough to lend me his truck. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry I'm going to Spain, but you can have my truck. <laughs> What a great hunting buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there, there was a spot that I wanted to go to. And I came home to Vancouver, packed up all of my gear, and I went off on my own. Drove up to the spot. Actually, no, I went to, I, I went to uh, the Okanagan somewhere first. He, you know, Dylan said, go to the spot this area where I hunt, I said, great, I'm going to see something, and it's blistering hot. Like, mm. oh. There wasn't a single deer to see for miles, and there were other hunters, and they said, this is 
not this is really unusual at the time mm-hmm. we're seeing white tail and we're getting them and there was nothing wow. i went to a, a hunter's cabin and spent a, a week you know looking you know and i had to be careful because i was by myself so i didn't want to go too far mm. i was trying to be as safe as possible and um then i decided to move because clearly it's too hot the deer hasn't come down into the valley yet mm. so i'm moving i'm gonna go to the other spot that i was very familiar with gonna see if i can get a mule deer there and they were gonna they were it was four point but then the coming weekend it was open so i wow. thought okay i'm gonna find the deer find my spot and then hunt the weekend and find that mule deer so I uh, parked the truck and I'm walking about two kilometers, like low grade downward, not so not so much, and then two kilometers, and then and then you come over the steep mountainside bank that goes all the way down to the river, mm. and it's really steep. So once you make the decision to go down, now you accept the fact that it's going to be a very difficult climb out mm-hmm. but that's where most hunters will not go and I was like okay I have the strength and I'm going to be able to carry out this 50 pound of deer meat <laughs> I go over the edge and when you go down there's many little ridges that go down so you just kind of walk down the ridge and then drop down and then get on the other ridge and drop down so I'm dropping down I'm walking down drop down another at night and I see two doe. I'm like, oh. And they're just coming coming down and then I and then I saw a three point walking up. I'm like, oh perfect but, like, but it's not a four point so I can't do anything. I'm like, okay, this is this is looking good. And that whole bank had uh, there was a forest fire there, so a lot of burnt tree, a lot of stump, a lot of blow down mm. and so the ridge goes down and then it kind of flat there's like a little strip that's really flat so there's lots of bushes and little shrubs and then it drops down again i'm standing there and then like way down maybe 400 yards and, and by that time i had been hunting for two weeks and i was just you know like it Starting to go, starting to feel a bit discouraged. Then I see a black bear, about 400 yards, and it's just like you know, rumbling along, eating something, and just going over to the next shrub for five seconds and just working it, meandering and working it way. And I knew, okay, well, it's gonna keep walking all the way across. It's not gonna really go down because that's his, his, like his beeline, because all of his food was along that. And I'm way at the top, and I'm like, oh, you know, that adrenaline rush is like, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, like, it, it, and it wasn't a big one. It was big, but not huge. And I thought, okay, I didn't want, I didn't want to have a big bear. Like, what, what am I gonna do with all the, the meat? I can't, can't share it all. Like, I don't have enough people to share. I wouldn't have enough people to share it with. So that instantly, I mean, I had poles, right? I'm just like thrashing down because I wanted to get closer but then I knew we were coming this way so I started going down the mountain sideways I'm like like thrashing down like running down running down and then 
and then I got down and down and close and I found a, a, a stump, a dead stump. And then I just threw my pack down, I took my gloves out, put my rifle on the stump and waited and, you know, kept waiting to catch my breath. And then it just started, it kept walking, kept walking. It, actually, before I did that, I was like thrashing down, then it, the bear stopped and looked and I just, <laughs> <laughs> I know, like I know you can't really hear me that well. You can't see well, but just, just keep, keep forging, <laughs> and then I keep going on. Then I was just like running down that close. Wow. Um, about a, a hundred, a hundred yards. Got the rifle. Got the rifle on. Like it, it was perfect. Got the rifle on. It was right behind a tree, and then it moved forward. Then I. Then I fired, and then the bear just jumped up, and then crashed, and then jumped, and then crashed, and then that was, it it died instantly, within three seconds. And I'm like, Dylan in Spain. Like, Dylan, 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 shit. Waypoint, because he knows the area really well. I'm like, this is where I am, and then and then I waypointed the bear. This is where the bear is. <laughs> and then another uh, another one of uh, Dylan's friend was also hunting with his own buddies, and and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, where is this? I'm like, oh, I'm I'm over I'm over this area. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> And for course, Dylan's like, wait 20 minutes, wait 20 minutes. And I, I could see it. And then it, it actually just, it, 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 when it jumped up and then it, it, it was still big, then I guess when it died, it just, it collapsed. It, it disappeared. It actually disappeared and I couldn't see it. But I had a good view, so I knew I was going to find it. And then, you know, and then I'm like, okay. And I have a little sling pack. Not even a backpack, but a sling but I had all of the, the I had what I needed in the sling. I went down there and um, it had collapsed underneath a log mm. on a, a bank surface like that. And um, so if you, you could see down to the river, but if you look behind, it was a little hill, so you couldn't really see what was behind mm. you because it was a little lip. And then, so I didn't really have a good field of vision, so I wouldn't know if anything was coming towards me because I can't hear. And um, I was like, ah, shh. <laughs> it was like 8.30 in the morning and it was already, you know, really hot. And it was going to be 25 that day. And, you know, take off my shirt and get everything ready. And Dylan's like, download this app, watch this video. <laughs> <laughs> but by then I'm like, I only have 50% of battery power left. <laughs> and... And I was just, oh man, I look up the hill, like, I have to climb. (laughs) 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 It's gonna be a long day. (laughs) Shit, it's gonna be a long day. He goes, yeah, you got a a full day ahead of you. (laughs) And, yeah, and then the flies, they're like, bigger than horse flies and they mm. just they came it, it didn't take long mm. and and I wanted to I wanted to preserve as much as, as much as possible I didn't want to waste anything and, and, and I'm watching video 
how to skin a bear for a rug. <laughs> this is how you make your incision. Okay, I'm watching the video, looking at the paw. And, and I didn't know, like I didn't realize that what I should have done was tie all of the leg apart and tied it to a log so that it was open. Mm. Because I'm by myself and this like big bear that must have been, yeah. you know, 250 pounds, 250. And, and I'm trying to hold the leg, hold the other leg <laughs> with my knife. And it, 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 it took me five hours. It took me five yeah. hours to process everything. Yeah. And you're a doctor. Hmm? You're a doctor. <laughs> Surgeon. You're know? <laughs> really careful. And, and I've never had to prep an animal on, on the field like that. Never mind a bear because they're so greasy and, you know, some area there are maybe four or five inches of fat. Mm. So you take your knife and you're cutting it and it dulls down quickly and your knife is so greasy mm. and slippery and then everything is slippery and then it's baking hot and then all of these flies <laughs> and, and, you know, I had my rifle set, you know, like in case a, a, a wolf comes or something, you know, it's right there and had everything set up and... And uh, and I didn't I I had food for my food and water for myself, but I wasn't prepared for that. So I was running low on water, so I had to ration. And finally, five hours later, I'm bagging the meat in plastic bags, and I hide them because it was like scorching hot, and I couldn't hang them. And it, anything plastic bags, right? It's not game bag at that point. And texting back and forth with Dylan and. Uh, and Dylan says, oh, my friend is coming up. He's on his way from, he's going to be coming up after work and he can help you. I'm like, okay, great, great. I was able to take one hind with me in, in the bag and uh, worked my way up like a kilometer up this big, steep hill yes. and then two kilometers down a flatter area back to the truck. And I refuel, drink, eat. And my phone dying, so I charge it. And then, and then I start smelling like something burning, and the charger wire it was already covered, oh. so so it was shorting, and then there was like smoke coming out. <laughs> 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 Shit! In the wire, the outside. And then I took out my big um, backpack. I had it was an eighty liter pack, mm. but not a not a, a loading pack, just a regular pack. Make the trip back down with the game bag, switched over all the meat into the game bag, hung them all up, and um, then the question was, okay, do I take the meat or do I take the hide? And mm. the hide was too heavy. I couldn't even pick it up. So I had to keep skinning the, the hide to get more fat off, and I think I got about maybe 40 pounds of fat off <laughs> at that point, and there's just a big pile of fat and then, and then I tried to pick up the, the hide and it still had the paw within the head and I'm like okay so I just scoop it into my pack and push it and zip it and close it and by then it's 6 p.m. Getting, like, it's starting to get dark and with 80, liter, 80 pounds on your back I mean I've never mm. carried 80 pounds on my back and it's <laughs> and then you know I'm trying to walk over a log, but then my pack is not a loading pack. It just wants to twist and turn, oh. and I'm like fall again, and I'd be falling. I, I would let myself fall because I didn't want to 
get caught, like try to stop myself from falling. So I'll be like falling over and working my way up. And then it was dark. I had my headlamp. And then I sent a waypoint to Dylan Fenn. And I didn't realize that he, he took two packs. He went down and he put all of the, the rest of the oh. meat in, in the pack. And um, I didn't see him. I mean, he had a headlamp, but we were going up, but oh. we're not too far from each other. And then I'm climbing up, and then again, there's many ridges, and then it got so dark, I didn't know which one I had been on. And it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was maybe 50 meters from the top, it was just starting to rain, and it was just mm-hmm. so slippery, and the tree in mm-hmm. this is too steep, and I can't get a grip. I mean, I had good hiking boot, but I couldn't. I was like, I have to abandon the. Okay. I took out the, the hide and I abandoned, like I left it, waypointed it, and then I just climbed myself out. Wow. Mm. Crawled, like I, I literally crawled out. Hard decision. Met up with a friend, mm-hmm. and um, then the next day we, we went hunting, and then when we were finished, we went back down to pick up the, the hide. He carried it, carried it out for that 50 meters, and I carried it out two kilometers back to the truck. Then, um, then I put it in the truck, and I was like, okay, I gotta go get a, a charger, I gotta go get, get to charge my phone, and so I drive the truck down to there's a gas station not uh, too far away, so I'm driving down around, and then I go to the gas station, and I'm sitting in the parking lot, like finally having internet, right, charging my phone, telling uh, talking to Dylan and then I get I get hear this knocking on on the window and this guy carrying a, a paper bag with a vodka and he's like knocking on the window right <laughs> seven years old and I'm like yeah so what's this eat wild about <laughs> I'm like oh it's my cousin um co- it's my cousin company started telling me about it he goes oh yeah you know I, I used to be a hunting guide and I uh, I guided, you know, sheep hide, moose, bear, name it all. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have this bear in the back of my truck. Oh, can I have some bear fat? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with it. I'm trying to figure that out. Oh, don't worry about it. Let me go home. I'll get my knives. I'll get some game bag. I'll be up there with you in my car. Driving like a 1980 Chevy car and... The logging road, you can't, like, you need to have a, a, a truck to get up there. Like, no, I've been there many times. I know exactly where to go. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I wait to see if I, he's actually going to do it. He actually comes back with his car. He's like, okay, I'm ready. He brings out, like, he's got all of these tools. Drove up. And that, by then, he had his little, he had a slopey. It was filled with vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Vodka and uh, Kool-Aid mix. <laughs> and he's taking out all of these knives. I'm like, don't wreck, don't wreck my high. <laughs> right. I'm a random guy. Okay. Well, I do need help. I can't do this all night long. <laughs> Take what I can get. Yeah. <laughs> So it was really, it was really good because you know he said, oh, "Okay, let's lay out the hide. It's just a way to do it. You know, let it hang over the edge so you don't have to hold it, and you know, just let the gravity pull the the hide down so you could just grab it and just get it." So we spent three hours. Wow. 
skinning, like taking fat off the hide because it's so much fat. We were just skinning and skinning all night long mm-hmm. into the dark until like 1 a.m. And it was great, you know. And then I gave him, I gave him, gave him a lot of bear fat. But he was like, yeah, I've got some really bad psoriasis. You know, I, I, I like having bear fat on my hand. Okay. <laughs> and uh, then I wrapped it up, brought it down to Vancouver. Still wasn't finished because I still had to take the skull and the paws mm-hmm. off. I live in a condo like, near downtown. <laughs> <laughs> and it's wrapped up in tarp. <laughs> like 80 pounds in the elevator. And then a woman comes up. And I'm like, I'm fighting my Bring it in, lay it out on the deck, on the table, on the deck, and the hide is hanging over and working on it. I mean, I, I, I'm from, I'm from the city. I don't have the luxury of having a garage. <laughs> Every day after work, come home, work on it. It was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, two days to hike it out, a couple of days to finish working on the hide, mm-hmm. and I took it to the tannery and. I'm still waiting to get it back. Oh. I can't wait. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's really great. <laughs> so that was my first bear story. How's the meat? Hmm? How's the meat? It's good. And I think it's good because it was a young bear. Ah, mm-hmm. tender. Like bear eating bear, not a meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forced floor eating type of bear. Mm-hmm. So it's it good. It makes good chili, good burger. I got a lot right? of sausages mm-hmm. and pepperoni that I yeah. just can't. Yeah. Very yeti. Yeah. 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 Well, to Jess's bear, what a great yeah. story. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, on that note, I'm going to call this year's First Buck Banquet to a close. And, um, successful. Successful. That was great. <laughs> That's a great story. Thanks so much for listening to us. Yeah. 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 Thank, Thank you. Great food, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.